Hey, hi, and hello. Welcome to the Forever Podcast, dedicated to keeping you forever inspired, forever motivated, forever creative, forever sane, forever insane, forever entertained, forever you. (laughs) I am your host, JM, a.k.a. the voice inside your head, a.k.a. your biggest fan. And you might have noticed I sort of changed the intro (laughs) for this episode today. And that's because I'm not really feeling creative. So I didn't want to call it forever creative. I'm feeling a whole bunch of something else. All right. So when I started this podcast a long time ago, before a little thing called COVID-19, I uh, really, really wanted it to be very specific to creativity and um, keeping you like motivated and sort of tuned in to what's going on around you, uh, around the world and sort of help everybody with their like getting out of their own way issues. Because as creatives, we all have getting out of our own way issues. We have issues with feeling not good enough, uh, imposter syndrome, all of that stuff. And I wanted this to be about creativity and motivation for creativity and inspiration for creativity and just like talking about being creative um, on a weekly basis so that it's just in your body and it's part of what you do. However, with COVID and everything that has happened over the last year and a half going on two years, I've been feeling less creative and certainly not really worried about being forever creative. I'm just happy to be creative whenever I can be creative. And so... That has led to a lot of change of specifically not feeling inspired to do a podcast about being forever creative when I myself don't feel forever creative or like I said, creative at all. Like it would have needed to have been called the barely creative podcast, but I did what I should have done. I did the right thing. I just took a break. I just walked away. I played the survival game (laughs) Um, like many of us have been playing for the last year, year and a half. Uh, I took care of myself and those immediately around me as best as I could. I tried to rest. I tried to do some things that I was in control of, uh, considering my safety and my location and my day-to-day habits. And things were good. I just wasn't really truly being forever creative or creative in the way that I have been in the past, which kind of hurt. So today I'm just calling it the Forever Podcast because no matter if I'm creative or not, which is something I've learned over the past year, I still want to be forever myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like at first I was freaking out about me not being creative all the time, but at some point I had to let it go because just other shit was getting in the way and happening to me and around me. Um, And so I just had to sort of let it go. And the focus became just being myself and being true to me and doing what I needed to do to stay sane, to stay healthy. Um, So today it's the forever podcast. And really, I I do want you to be forever motivated, forever inspired, forever creative. But I also want you to be forever sane, like I said, um, forever entertained when you just feel bored out of your mind, but not able to do, you know, much else, but watch television or listen to a podcast, which is a lot of what I've been doing over the past year and a year and a half just sitting around trying to keep myself entertained so that I don't, you know, fall into a depression about social distancing and COVID and just everything that's been going on in the world. Um, But I also want you to just 
honestly be forever you because I've been trying my best to be forever me despite all of this shit for the last year, year and a half, two years. So today we're the forever podcast, forever podcast. All right. It's funny that this has brought me back to podcasting, but I just have had such a weird three days. I was like, just, just do a podcast and it doesn't have to be creative, but just like talk this out because it just feels wild. So first of all, you may know or not know, I moved. I left New York City. We left Brooklyn and we bought a house in New Jersey. So we are still, you know, of the city. Um, we still work in the city and all of that sort of stuff. But we moved out of the city during COVID uh, for many, many reasons. Um, so now we're in New Jersey and it's great, but it's also like just a totally different set of circumstances. It's a totally different world. We like drive cars now. Again, both of us are from places where we drove cars before. So we're driving cars again. Uh, we have a yard. We have a backyard. We have like grass to take care of. We have things that we have to deal with that the city life just you don't worry about. Um, and it's been really refreshing, to be honest. There is no landlord or anybody to fix anything, <laughs> uh, which is great, but also hard to remember sometimes. When we first moved in here, I kept not making noise upstairs because I was worried about the people below me. Like I couldn't get used to, wait a minute, it does not matter if you stomp around upstairs, you're fine. <laughs> so getting used to being in a place that is yours, that you own with no landlord that you are responsible for from like the street to your neighbor's house out back, like all of that you are responsible for. It's your problem has been wild, but really refreshing. And with this newness of everything going on, we're just experiencing things that we haven't experienced in a long time or ever before. Um, so for instance, when it was winter, <laughs> I experienced for the first time and Kate experienced once again, uh, being snowed in. I've never lived in a house and been snowed in with, you know, nine, 10, 15 inches of snow around the place where I live that needed to be moved, uh, so that you could leave. And, you know, it was fun, um, and I can see where Kate and I differed in that experience because she grew up in a place where there was weather like this. So, you know, her childhood was this. So uh, for her, it was like, okay, well, we got to do X, Y, and Z so that we can <laughs> get out of the house and do these things. And I was sort of like just bewildered and sort of in awe and staring at it like it was really fun and cool before I realized, oh, my God, there's a lot of work to do. So um, that has been interesting and a new experience for me. But a new experience for both of us was on Friday when a bear uh, walked into our neighbor's yard. I work from home right now um, and Kate was working from home on Friday. So we were both here and I'm at my window in my office working and I hear a whoop whoop. And, you know, that's the cops. So I'm immediately, like, at the window seeing what's going on. If I need to duck and take cover, to be honest, or if I need to pull out my phone and film someone else for later. Like, these are the times we live in. I'm either ready to film a police interaction or uh, take cover from police. 
So I look out there and they are police cruisers, but on the side they say animal. What would it, what would it say? Animal services? Animal control. Aha. Animal control. Three SUV police cruisers that say animal control on them. And I'm like, animal control? And so they are slowly moving into down the street, but like they're not stopping. They just keep going towards like a house very slowly. So I follow the direction of where they're slowly driving or approaching with my eyes. And there is a teenage bear. I know it was a teenager because it was not a baby bear, nor was it a big giant black bear. It was a teenage black bear walking between two houses into the backyard, kind of just sauntering, you know, walking. And so I start screaming, oh my God, there's a bear. There's a bear. To which Kate is like downstairs and not really probably processing me all of a sudden out of nowhere screaming, there's a bear, there's a bear. And so I run downstairs still screaming, there's a bear, there's a bear. But now we don't have the height advantage, so we can't see anything. So I run back upstairs and we look out and the animal controller like kind of looking in the backyard and kind of looking around, but there's no more bear. So the bear, I guess, went in this backyard, jumped the fence, or maybe there isn't a fence, and then started cruising through the backyards of the other houses down the street. And so the animal control people kind of back away um, a little bit back down the street. Three of them or two of them are out of the car sort of looking. And now they're like walking down the street looking between houses. And so, you know, Kate and I are now having this discussion. What do you mean a bear? Like how big of a bear? Like a bear? How do you know what a teenage bear looks like? So that's what we're doing in the window while we're waiting to see how this plays out. And all of a sudden I see a movement down the street, like now three more houses down, and then the bear sprints back across the street. Okay, so he sprints back across the street. The police cruiser, animal control cruiser in the back backs up and then like jumps up onto the grass to follow said bear. And um, the other people get in their cars. I think one had the little like neck handle tool thing and was like approaching down the street. But most of them got back in their car and the bear was now moving quickly and we saw it briefly and then it was out of sight. We did not like go outside and follow down the street or anything like that. We stayed in the house, assumed that they got this poor bear who's now walking through a suburban neighborhood safely back to wherever it needed to go. I hope they didn't hurt the bear. There were three cars, I guess. So like four or five, six people at least. Um, So, you know, Hopefully there's no funny business. Everything's above board. But yeah, a bear walking down the street on Friday midday. So this has been good. (laughs) And you're probably wondering, what do you mean it's been good? I feel bad for the bear. It's not good for the bear. But it was been good for me because one, it was, like I said, something different was going on. But two, it gave me something to talk to the neighbors about. So we've moved here and we moved in the middle of COVID. There are like elderly people right next door. And so it would have never been appropriate at that time to go over there and be like, hi, we're your new neighbors. Like just not appropriate at all. We immediately knew that they were elderly. Um, one of them clearly gets assistance. Uh, and so there's just no way you that we would do that. We have waived 
from porches and all of that sort of stuff. But there, there was no way we were just going to go over there. But then time passes and it's like, well, you didn't go introduce yourself the first two months because it was the middle of COVID. Um, then the next two months you didn't do it. And then they didn't come over. And then, you know, now it's been 10 months and honestly, I don't see that man a lot anymore. So I, you know, I don't know if his health is declining or what, but like nobody's <laughs> knocking on doors yet. We have had some interaction with the people that live behind us, but that's just sort of like over the fence, tool time, sort of style, hello, kind of distance speaking. But the bear gave me an opportunity to provide something to others and make a deeper connection. So I was able to speak to the people behind us and tell them about the bear and like have a, a organic engaging conversation that wasn't just like, hello, how you doing? We're picking up leaves or whatever. And then a woman from down the street was walking by and caught us outside this weekend as well and was able to sort of finally find out who the people were that moved into this house um, because she <laughs> clearly had been trying to collect information because she had a little bit of information about us already and half of it was wrong. So we sort of chatted with her about that and that made me giggle that she thought she she was finally going to get the the tea on who we were. So we chatted with her a little bit and I was able to offer the bear story, you know, as we were talking, I was like, well, yeah, if that's your house, then you saw the bear. And she was like, what the what? What are you, what are you talking about? And I was like, there was a bear like in your yard. It like came from between your houses. So it had to come from behind your house. And of course she panicked because she was like, when was there a bear at my house? <laughs> and so we talked through it and she ended it by saying it must have been when she was listening to her Beethoven, which is a pretty baller statement to make when someone is telling you there was a bear in your yard. Like, how do you one up that, that, that there was a bear in your yard? You one up it by saying, oh, I missed the bear in my yard because I was in my house on a Friday midday listening to Beethoven. So yeah, I, I like her so far. And the bear this weekend has helped us finally sort of have organic conversations with neighbors, which is pretty cool. The other thing that's going on that I wanted to chat about is driving. So I love driving. I I grew up in Texas. Um, and then after I went to school in New York City, I moved to California. I was in LA for a long time. Um, so being a Texas kid or teen, I should say, with a car and then spending a great deal of time, like over 10 years in LA, driving cars. Like I'm a car person. That's just what I do. I've been driving cars more than I haven't been driving cars. So being able to move to New Jersey and have an excuse to get a car back was part of the reason I wanted to move. No lie. Like I get a house and I can, I can have an excuse to drive again. I'm sold. Here's the issue. These freaking New Jersey freaking drivers. Oh my goodness. I don't want to be that person that is like stereotypically assigning something to a state. But I actually think in this case, it might be true that people in New Jersey are the worst drivers ever. I mean, I haven't been to like Utah, so I don't know what's going on there. But I lived in LA and I have never seen such tomfoolery. It's wild. I learned about this thing called the Jersey Slide about a week ago. Um, where I, you might already know what it is. 
a New Jerseyan in a car goes from one side of the highway to the other, crossing all lanes in the same time. No uh, light or signals necessarily happening when they do it. So today, Kate had uh, plans to go into the city for a protest for trans uh, individuals. And uh, I offered to drive all the way to the ferry so then Kate can just take her bike, go do everything uh, that they want to do, and then I'll come back later. And so the bike ride is only in the city and doesn't have to be in the city and New Jersey. Not that Kate doesn't ride that bike all over all the states all the time, but for this, it was like, I can drive you to the... um, what is it called? The ferry. And then I can pick you up here later. Easy peasy, but we're getting in the car to do this, right? So bike's in the car, Kate's in the car, I'm driving. And as we are on our way, all of a sudden we hit traffic, but it's when you are, you know, the people that first happen upon an incident. So the traffic is bad, but you can see everything cleared out and ahead of you. Like, oh, we really only have to get like half a football field away and then we're out of it. It's the people that are behind us, behind us, behind us, that this will turn into a 10, 15, 20, 30 minute delay because this incident just happened and we are almost right in front of it. So we're not really moving and we can see the open road, like I said, about a half a football field in front of us. Um, But I don't see any car accident or anything indicating what's going on, just police cruisers. So I'm watching, you know, the people that live here in New Jersey that like seem to know what to do. And most of them are getting off. They're just getting off. Some are jumping the median to get off. Uh, Some are pulling into, I don't know if anybody knows anything about New Jersey. Maybe this happens other places, but I've never seen it before. New Jersey has highways and then like businesses right off of those highways. So people are always almost stopping on what seems like a highway to make a right turn to jump into a business and, and, you know, go shopping or something. And then people are coming out of these businesses and pulling directly onto highways where people are moving quite quickly from a standstill. There's, it's just like, there's never a ramp to get off. And then a side access road where the businesses are, the businesses are just hanging off the sides of highways which means that at any given time, someone's either driving 70 plus miles an hour or at a dead stop because they're turning off to go to a business or they're pulling out from a business onto a highway where you can drive really fast. It's stupid. I don't like it. I can't really quite get used to it. But in this case, because of the accident, I guess it was in my favor um, because I was just shy of the the exit. Some people, like I said, were just jumping the median and sort of making a hard right to get off. But there was a business right off the highway. So I just pulled into the business, pulled through the business and pulled back out onto the street. We took the side road um, about the distance of the incident and then just got back on the highway. Once we did that, we could really see what was going on. And it was confusing because there was no car wreck or anything like that. Come to find out, we saw that the police cruisers were blocking something um, in the far fast lane against the like median, you know, like 
between the two highways, like one's going north, or I should say east. One's going east, one's going west, um, three lanes on each side, and then there's the big cement thing in the middle, and there's kind of a little bit of road to pull off over there, but you're not really supposed to. You should always pull over on the right if you um, have been asked to pull over or you have a problem. You try not to pull over on the, the left in the middle near the fast lane. But there was a body there. And the cars, the cruisers were trying to block it. So someone had clearly passed away. I don't know if they had been hit. I don't know if they had been thrown from a car. I do not know if they had just been wandering on the highway. I just saw it briefly as we went by and Kate confirmed that that's what we were kind of seeing. So, of course, this is tragic and terrible. And we hope that however this happened, like someone gets to the bottom of it. Here's my issue. The three lanes or four lanes or whatever had no car wreck or obvious anything going on that needed to be blocked. Now, they could have been collecting evidence, like maybe. But, you know, now I'm thinking about all these TV shows I watch. I didn't see a forensic unit. There was nobody actually in the street with, you know, cotton balls swabbing anything. They just had blocked it off. And everything ahead of it. And they're like letting one car by at a time. One car by at a time. So it was like 45 minutes to an hour later. Um, actually, more than an hour later. The traffic in the other direction was backed up. Cars are flying by me on the median. Like, I'm in the farthest lane. You're not supposed to be driving on the median. And cars are just blaring by they are just pulling into any exit they can find, right? So this is a <laughs> like a shopping center exit thing. And many of the little street things say exit only. But everybody's turning into the place that says do not enter. So I'm like, you know what? You're in New Jersey. Act as the people do when in Rome. And so I follow into the parking lot of like all of this madness. In this parking lot, though, there are people that don't even know that there's a traffic issue. They're just trying to get out of the like AT&T or the Chipotle. So they're taking their sweet time trying to figure out how to back up. It was a nightmare and it ended with me in a four-way like hungry hippo style maneuver where we're all four of the cars are facing each other. And then there's one guy that thinks he's going to back out. <laughs> he's got cars north, south and east of him. And he still thinks he's going to back out. And if he backs out, he's going to back out into me. He's got a smaller car, but I still don't want him. I don't want his bumper to even kiss the front of my car. I just don't want it to happen. So I'm laying on the horn, bro, you cannot back out. Like there is nowhere to go. And so he looks over, you know, his shoulder at me and tells me to back up, to which I start laughing. Where the fuck am I going to back up to? And so I'm pointing behind me, like, do you see what's going on? Do you see all of these people aren't here for the Chipotle? Clearly something else is going on. You need to be more aware when you leave stores, just in general, people. When you leave establishments, when you leave your house, when you go out in the world, please look up and around what is going on. There is no way that this man should have been able to get into his vehicle and try to back up and leave this shopping center without being like, where are these cars coming from? What's going on? So he's 
over his shoulder pointing at me to back up. I'm over my shoulder pointing at him. Do you see what's going on behind us? Like no one can back up. He needs to pull back into the space and let people maneuver. And maybe one of these people will see he's trying to back up and truly give him space. But chances are he's stuck. He probably should get out of his car and go back into the Chipotle. So I start honking. He's like, no, move, whatever. And then everybody starts honking, which I totally appreciated because I needed this man to know it was not just me. He was the he was the problem. And I'm like, can you say what's going on? Laying on the horn. You cannot move your car, sir. You cannot. So finally he pulls back in. I whip around. People are shaking their heads and whatever. Um, I whip around and then stay in the rest of the traffic of everybody trying to use this shopping center as an exit ramp to get off the highway because of the looky-loos because of the incident. And who knows, maybe whatever happened on with the incident happened on both sides of the highway if this person was like walking across the highway or something. But it was madness. And then when I finally got out of the shopping center onto the street, it was just chaos in the neighborhood because everybody isn't supposed to be there and they're just trying to maneuver like how to get where they're trying to go. So it took me much longer to get home. I am just not a, I'm so happy to have a car, but I'm just not a fan of these highways and byways and, and drivers and how the police handle major incidents or accidents. Like I never thought I would be saying this, but I just miss LA traffic. It made sense. It, 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 it was grounded in, I don't know, class. It was classy. You felt like you were amongst people that understood the pain, but like, you know, rose to a professional level with it. Like part of living in Los Angeles is dealing with the uh, traffic. And so you make sure that you come correct and handle it with dignity and grace and, and follow the rules and stuff. This madness is so unsophisticated. All of this is really interesting to me because I think that the social distancing and everything being closed for a year and COVID in general has just taken a lot of my risk away in a way, if if that makes sense. So it's risky to be out in the world. So you follow the COVID restrictions and you stay inside. But by staying inside and not seeing people and not doing things and not having experiences, you're taking away all of your risk and your risk tolerance, right? And so now I've spent a year being super safe, overly safe, overly insulated and protected without experience. It's interesting to be trying to live again and now trying to live again in a brand new state and city, I'm having experience shock. Oh, all right. So that's it for my first podcast back in like a year. Um, I think I'll just end it there. It feels really unpolished, but I feel really unpolished. So I'm, I'm feeling good about it and uh, I don't want to overthink it. And uh, if I stop now and start editing, I can maybe get this up and out before I have to get back out in these streets to try to get back to Kate. Don't forget to be kind to yourself uh, this week, even if you aren't creative. That's what I want to say instead of the old one today. <laughs> be kind to yourself this week. <laughs>